Jesus came into the world where there was no room for him, but God made a space and God will make a space for your incarnation too. So I'm wondering what all of this madness of this year is doing, what it's bringing, what it's birthing, because in the middle of darkness, when when the world seems like it's furthest away from everything good and warm and holy, that new things are incarnated and birthed. And that you and I are a part of that. I'm Seth. This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. Thanks for downloading today. Thanks for being here. I think you're going to like today's episode. So I brought on Scott Erickson, who was on a while ago. Honestly, I don't remember when I brought him on. Back in the day to talk about a book on prayer. And you'll hear us joke a little bit about that. But I really enjoyed this conversation. So we talk a bit about uh, some, some really janky Christmas songs as it goes on the radio. But we talk a lot about art and wonder and beauty and how things that are being incarnated draw things out of us and what that means for faith. So let's go. Scott Erickson, the curator of awesomeness, which is the best email tagline that I think I've seen in a few weeks. Welcome to the show for the second time, though, for those that have been listening for the last few minutes. There's two, by the way, Scott, there's two versions of this show. There's the one where I was recording the last few minutes while we sound check, because why not? And then yeah. there's the second. And so people will get that joke. And and then there's this one, the edited version that everybody gets to hear. And, but, and that is what it is. But what is a curator of awesomeness? What does that mean? Um, well, I'll, I'll go with a twofold answer. One, it's something I made up when I was uh, recently relieved of duties at a design agency and I found myself unemployed going, what do I do next? And when you're emailing people, you should have a tagline of what you <laughs> do. And I just was like, oh, I just picked it. Uh, so there's that. But two, I think I actually into it intuited, intuited, I'm an author, uh, about (laughs) the kind of work I knew I wanted to do, which is curator is a artistic term. I mean, we, you know, curator at a museum, but actually curate is an old word for a priest. A curate was a person like the priest who was in a community who was paying attention to the rhythms of life, who was there to create the ceremonies of birth and death and marriage and all of these things that were happening in a community. So it was a person involved in the community and who was, who was paying attention and kind of help creating rituals out of life. And then awesomeness. Well, you know, there's, there's some definitely like bro tubular <laughs> awesome that's there, but also I think uh, awe, awe and awesome and wonder are things that I'm really have been engaging to me. And so I want to curate uh, wonder in in people's lives or with my work, I want to like be a curate of this kind of awesome wonder, that thing. So it's it's funny that I picked it and I've kind of been slowly living into it. Yeah, well, so um, when I realized I hadn't sent you the Zoom meeting, that's my fault. So I was standing next to my wife and when the email popped through, I was like, huh. And she's like, what? I'm like, what's a curator of awesomeness? And the look she gave me was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she, just, she, just walked, she just walked away. I was like, never, like, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. But welcome back. So last time I talked to you, it's like three years ago, two years ago. I don't remember yeah. when you wrote the 40 days prayer book. Um, uh, it would be two years ago. I, I, I don't know. Out. It's time yeah. is a vortex of, of COVID and mm. drywall. So mm-hmm. question, I haven't asked this of anyone that's written a book recently, but I'm, I literally thought about this today. What has it been like promoting a book during COVID? Because as I have stalked you on Instagram with 88,000 mm-hmm. other people or whatever, mostly because I like your pictures. 
Um, uh-huh. And by pictures, I mean your your your, your art, not my dr- my drawings. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't actually know if you post any actual pictures. It doesn't matter. Um, but I've <laughs> seen, you know I'll watch you travel throughout. You got like these miniature talks, like you're doing like live events, and that's a different yeah. thing. So what is it like like publishing and promoting a book in an environment where you're encouraged to not be with people? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's disappointing. And then you got to roll with it. So mm. I actually, I called all the people who I could possibly know who are releasing books during COVID. So my friend Colby Martin released a book called The Shift. I, I know Colby. May. Yep. May. Uh, Science Mike McCarg. Talked to him for a little bit. And then a new friend, Kendra Adachi, she wrote a book called The Lazy Genius Way. And her book became a New York Times bestseller in August. And when she released it. So she basically like figured out how to, uh, you have to, it's, it really matters like the pre-sales and then you basically get it like books release on Tuesday and you get up to Friday. And if you sell a certain amount of books, which is 10,000, at least you can get at least in the room to be considered. There's actually four things to be hmm. considered for a New York times bestseller, which I found out from her. So I, she has my art up in her house and I didn't really know her, but a friend was like, Hey, this person I follow, she has your art. So I reached out to her and I was like, can I just talk to you about releasing a book during COVID? And she's like, yeah. And we talked for a couple hours on the phone. Mm. She gave me her whole strategy. So I really followed what she said in my own way, which was, she was like, there's a million ways to sell a book. So do what you do and do it well. And when she said, I focused on three things, which was uh, my book launch team, podcasts, and a, and a pre-sale bonus. And uh, I pretty much did the same thing. I, I, so I try to figure out a pre-sale bonus, which is I had this thing that I hadn't done in three years. I had it, uh, it was these kind of uh, hand, <laughs> sounds so weird, but hand motions, these like embodied movements to kind of deal with anxiety and fear, uh, these like prayers. And I had charted these out and I actually had used them in my life to deal with a very anxious time. And so I, I actually wrote like a little mini book <laughs> I re-illustrated everything. I spent 10 days on it and I wrote a little book and I made an ebook and I released it all on Instagram. And I was like, if you want to get this all, you can only get it in this pre-sale bonus mm. order. You know, so it's like forced people to buy the book. Did and it that work? really worked. And then podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So you're now a New York Times bestseller is what you're telling nope, me. Nope. I did not do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all right. Um, uh, I did. I have. I did. I've last time I checked, I've sold like twelve thousand books, which is really great. My publisher's really happy. Yeah, I did I, not do that in a week. I don't so. even know for context. Like, I don't know what. Like, so I've had people tell me before. They're like, "Well, your podcast is relatively successful. What are your numbers?" And I'll give them the numbers. Like, yeah, that's great. And I'm like, "Is it though? Like, I don't. Is it? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. don't know. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts. It is. It's like Netflix. Like nobody tells me what the numbers are. I don't. I'm yeah. pointing at the TV here. I that's don't. Really, you know what I mean? I got that's really interesting. About hey, God, be so weird making stuff and then Netflix or um, why well, I listened to an interview with Jason Sudeikis for his Ted Lasso show that's on Apple, and because it was on Brené Brown's podcast because she loves the show and he is like, we don't know. Like mm. Apple won't tell us the numbers. So we actually have no idea if the show's <laughs> successful or not. They just signed us to a second season. So I guess it's working. So maybe it was. That's gotta be the weirdest thing. Like to not know the rubric of success. Cause there is one, but you're not allowed to know it. You just have to be at the whim of this bigger organization. Yeah. yeah. I, um, it, it was maddening at first for me. Cause I was like, I don't even know if anybody's getting anything out of these. And, and then I realized yeah. that I just didn't care, Scott. Like I was like, well, I'm getting something out of these. Like I'm learning a lot and yeah. to heck with the rest of it. Like yeah. doesn't, yeah, that's yeah. Great. Um, which is probably the right attitude for everything. I think personal transformation is the thing you got to do first and then invite others into it. That That's really where art, I mean, that's where this book came from. And yeah. That's where art comes from. So the name of the book is Honest Advent, but I'm going to be honest, this isn't, this isn't a Christmas book and Advent's supposed to be Christmas. Like, yeah. what is, what is this? Cause it's not like I, 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 so when I got it, I was like, okay, cool. So this will be structured somewhere the 40 days of prayer. I get it a really strict liturgy and that mm-hmm. wasn't that, that book had a strict liturgy or at yeah. least I felt like it did. And pro- that's probably Justin taking control yeah. of the writing, but I'm going to blame him cause he's not here. And even if he was, he'd be on a bus cutting in and out. Cause he's, I think you called him a hashtag big deal. 
<laughs> on, on that episode. Um, uh, which, yeah, that was, yeah, anyway. But I, I, I kind of expected it to be like every other Advent book that I'd ever written or every that I've ever written, that I've ever read. And yeah. and it wasn't that. So is this even technically an Advent book or does it just release around Christmas? Like what what is this? It, uh, yeah, uh, my friend Hillary McBride, uh, she wrote a great endorsement. And I think she says like, this isn't really an Advent book as much as is a book about just human life. Um, but it uses these very few passages that speak about the, the birth of Jesus, the incarnation, as the filter, as the meditative anchor to this larger idea of human vulnerability being the avenue for divine connection. What started this whole thing was, well, there's a lot of things about started this, but really being disenfranchised with the brand of Christmas and wonder if it had any real relevance to the chaotic world I found myself in. It's incepted like four years ago after the last election, which Mm. was divisive and long and exhausting. We had Syrian civil war. We had Flint water crisis, multiple mass shootings, Zika virus, all of this stuff. And then I like in November, I walked into a Target and like Christmas decorations were everywhere, you know, as it does every year, just descends on Western society. Mm. And I just remember feeling like this feels really irrelevant to the world I find myself in. And I just... And I, I'm a big fan of Christmas. Like I've listened to Christmas music most all day today. Mm. Like to be no, honest, like no, I, I, no, no. <laughs> no, I have it in my car. I have a playlist playing in my house. <sighs> I'm, I, I, I put Christmas lights up on the house yesterday. Mm. If it, we have, we've had a tree up since November 1st. So like we were into it, but like, I'm, I want to be clear. Like there is a brand of Christmas. There's a brand of Christmas propagated by Northern European and North America motifs of cold and snow and marketers just trying to sell stuff. But it's this, like Christmas is now this, uh, it's this, it's this thing that it's like anything that's not that is like, well, that's not Christmas. Just like you're saying, this isn't really a Christmas book. It's not a thing. And I wanted to, for me to like rekindle the wonder of the Christmas story or the incarnation, the birth story, I needed to sidestep this whole brand. I needed to make something that looked nothing like it. The book has, I don't think anything looks like Christmas in there. Maybe there's a couple stars or something like that, but uh, at least the cover, there's no green or red or Twin tinsels or twinkles or anything like that. It's very, it's just Helvetica <laughs> new black and, you know, two colors and it's very plain. And, and that's on purpose. It's like mm. trying to make it really simple to just go. It, uh, one of the muses for me is there's this Russian term and it's astronomy. It's like saying astronomy, but if you hated the letter M, astronomy. And uh, it's was created by these Russian uh, authors. And it's a, it's a, it's a creative tool, which is, it's astronomy is the art of making that which is familiar unfamiliar again. And this was used by uh, authors and, and theater, you know, playwrights and all this stuff. But, and, and that's really what good art is, is like seeing reality, but going, I never saw it from that side before. And that's, for me, I wanted to unlearn the story that I've been told my whole life to try to see something different. And, and what really happened for me was going, I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one. And I've witnessed three <sighs> pregnancies and births close hand and uh, pregnancy. Pre- yeah. Pregnancy is, you know, beautiful and sacred and miraculous, but it's also really painful and risky and a lot of bodily fluids. And it's, it's nothing sanitized or safe about it. And what hit me was just like, everybody has come into the world through human vulnerability, this like process of weakness that's, uh, and it's, it's kind of a wonderful and scary and frightening moment. And the divine, this invisible holy mystery who decided to incarnate and become visible came through the same route we all did, which was through human vulnerability. So my question four years ago was like, are you still in our midst? Are you still coming into the world and where and how are you doing that? And I, the invitation for me was like, look, look at human vulnerability as that same avenue for incarnation. So this book is, this book is really about like, this book is less about what was Christmas like the first Christmas. It's not trying to decipher that. This book is about how is it still happening today? That's Mm. what this book is about. Mm. Uh, One of my teaching muses is the only reason we tell any of these old stories from the Bible is because 
They happened back then, yes, but they're still happening today. That's the only reason we tell these stories. If they weren't happening today, we'd be like, that story doesn't apply to anything. That doesn't make sense, you know? But it, it helps illuminate that it's already going on here. And that's why we keep telling it. And so I wanted to, I wanted my, this was my journey yeah. of how is it still happening here? Yeah. I'm going to just openly express my displeasure that you've already used two words that I'm familiar, unfamiliar with. Curette, I think you said, and then whatever the heck that Russian word is. Astronomy. Because I, again, I'm going to transcribe those and it's going to require a tremendous amount of effort. I'm not going to make you spell it out loud because that would be embarrassing. I can, I can email it to you. But I, <laughs> I know that that word is not in the book because I did not read that. And if it is, I missed it. Um, it's not. No, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a podcast appendix that's, that we, that's, we a, that's a 25 cent word we're going to need to keep it at nickel and dime <laughs> sign words um i'm the type of speller that um microsoft word or whatever the mac equivalent is you know how it underlines in like green and red i'm the yeah. one that when you right click it it basically says i know every word in the english language and i have no idea what you're going for here like yeah. i know all of the consonants and all the vowels and you just you, gotta scroll down and go ignore spelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take I said that's a word. Take it. Um, so you talked about familiarity twice in the last fifteen minutes, and uh -huh. there's a part towards the beginning of your book. It's actually the only sentence that I underlined because I don't. I like familiarity, but I also um, have been dealing a lot internally with the concept of wonder, uh, mm -hmm. and mostly because I've had to find things to ponder as I drive to work 40 minutes each day and I drive over mm -hmm. the Blue Ridge Mountains and I watch the sun come up and I watch people get in wrecks because they forget that you need to have your windshield cleaned or you can't see when the sun comes up. Um, oh, man. Yeah, every day, every, every single day. You say, like literally on one of the first pages, familiarity is a helpful tool, but familiarity kills wonder. And so yeah. when you say wonder, what are you saying? Because wonder and incarnation, those are two words that we don't use, I don't think, in the way that you're intending them yeah. in this book. Like we say wonder, like, oh, I wonder why, but that's not uh -huh. what you're doing here. So, what is wonder yeah. and why is familiarity the inverse of that? Yeah. So, that whole conversation is actually from a, a live show that I have called Say Yes, a Liturgy of Not Giving Up on Yourself. And uh, it's dealing with the voice of giving up. What happens when a dream dies and you, what, what is on the other side of that? Um, and why is there this voice of giving up preventing you from moving forward? And so it's a whole performance about that, which is actually my second book with Zondervan. So I'm currently like transcribing that now. So even though I'm like <laughs> promoting another book, I'm like in the midst of writing another one. So it is, it's like a nod to a longer conversation that I had. And I tried to explain it as much as I could in an introduction, but I don't go into a lot of it. But here's what I started to understand, because wonder is actually a really helpful uh, mental health tool for me uh, as a person who dances with depression fairly often and just overwhelming sadness in uh, some hard days. Uh, like I've had to develop a pretty hefty tool set to to just make it through life at times. So wonder is one of those. Like, so here's how I describe wonder. Wonder, we all, okay, our five senses are taking in way more information than we could ever possibly know or imagine. And what they're doing mostly is creating a narrative that is, am I safe in this moment or not? It's our, one of our highest priorities for narratives is safety. Like just, am I safe? I'm gonna survive, all of that. But we also have these other narratives that are going on that are like deeper about identity and who I am and what I'm capable of doing. And those, those came from what we learned between like one and seven years old, how we learned to survive in the world. We are people who are embedded with narratives all day long. We just, we have ongoing narratives. Some are helpful, some are not. And maybe a lot of them we're aware of and maybe some of them we aren't. Um, and so, when uh, I would say a lot of like unhealthy places we find ourselves is because we have pretty negative uh, narratives that are harming our lives. I was doing a lot of therapy. My therapist was like, write down the narratives, your self-talk, all this stuff. And I started wondering, I was like, okay, I see I have these narratives, but are there ever moments I don't have narratives? And I realized there are, and I call, we call those moments of wonder. It's wonder is when you sidestep the narrative you're in and you're just present. You don't really have a narrative about the situation. You're just there going, look, I can't believe this is happening. This is amazing, right? Um, and I give examples of like 
going camping with my wife and having to wake up early in the morning, like at 4 a.m. to use the bathroom. And we came out and I, we were in one of the least light polluted places in the United States. It's in Idaho. Hmm. And the stars were unbelievable. I'd like never seen, I've never seen that many stars in my life. And it just took, I took me out of everything. And it just was enraptured with one, like the wonder, the beauty of it. Right. Or um, surfing, like there's all of these things that are happening or in nature, these moments happen where you're just like out of the narratives and you're just there and you're just present. And what I noticed about it, I went through like all these kind of moments of wonder. And what I figured out is the common denominator for all of those was me. Because hmm. wonder is not an exterior destination. Wonder is this interior filter that can come up and I can view life through. And what I think is happening in wonder is that our narratives go away, like something new is happening or we're unfamiliar things. Like for me, what, what I think familiarity does is familiarity is a great survival tool. It figures something out and it categorizes it and goes, this is what I should think and know about this situation, this person, this thing. So I can move on and focus on other things that are more scary. So we just start compartment, we just like categorize and put it away. So the act of like defamiliarizing yourself, this astronomy, like every day you could just, what, what I say is like a way to get into that wonder filter is just when you find yourself bored, just go, well, what don't I know about this situation right now? Hmm. But, and just look around and be like, what don't I know? I have a giant plant right over here. You can't see it, but like, what don't I know about how this plant works or how these computers work or how, who made this microphone? Like who was the guy who actually, or, or woman who actually touched this microphone in the blue shop you know and what's their story and like who made you know like all of a sudden like you can if you just start asking i guess wonder is close to, akin to curiosity it's just like where did all of the and, and what about me and what about you and all of a sudden like because i just have these narratives happening all the time that are helping me survive but they can kind of desensitize to me at like the amazingness of life around and i think this is what like maybe <laughs> drugs do in some way or just these like or or practicing uh not attention but uh mindfulness mm -hmm. as like Thich Nhat Hanh has progressed and other uh, great uh faith leaders you know these kinds of things of like giving attention even like Mary Oliver in in a summer's day like I don't know what prayer is but I know how to pay attention you mm -hmm. know like it's that kind of it's that kind of thing so that's when we talk about wonder in, in Christmas, you know, like the wonder of the season, all that stuff. I think what has happened is that I've become so familiar with the story that I stopped paying attention to it. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I was like, I want to defamiliarize myself with this story. It yeah. was a really long uh, side track to come back to <laughs> Advent. But that's, that's, that's what that like little few sentences is. It's, this larger conversation I've been having with life and myself. Well, it's also helpful that you've got all this stuff packed in there because you're you're apparently writing another book. And so I'm sure yeah. all of that's bubbling there. I did not I did not know you were writing another book. I kind of figured when someone releases a book, they're like, all right, I'm done for a few years. I'm so sick and tired of this. But Oh man. Um, I'm thinking about that after this one. I'm like, I should take a break. But I have like a third one in the Would you the sign key. like a you sign like a multi-book contract? Is that what they I says? signed a two when I, we were negotiating with a couple publishers and I had three books on the table, but Z like Zondervan wanted two. And then this other one wanted a diff, like one of the ones, but another one. I had like three books and like one publisher wanted two and one publisher wanted another two. And so I went with one. So I have this third one that's there. That's about other things. Yeah. What's, so what's it about? And it's, um, no, I can. Somebody will probably take this idea and I'll beat me to it. That's great. Oh, well, then uh, don't say on, it. <laughs> no, no, no. I've been working on uh, prayers for depression. Mm. I've been working on like a, not a cure, not a, not a religious, like you don't need to go to a therapist, just get Jesus and your depression will go away. Uh, but I've, I've been working on like a spiritual companion to the season of depression you may find yourself in. Mm. So yeah, that's, and I've been just making that stuff for myself and then I shared some of it and people were like, we would like to see that as a book. I think I said something similar to this the first time we talked. I've read this book twice. The first time I read it, because I've had it thankfully long enough to do so twice, I just did each image for 25 days with yeah. no words, period. Huh. Just yeah. thought about the image and um, that was fun. 
And then I did it with no images, only the words for 25 mm. days. And yeah. I did not like that. I don't know why, though. Um, I'm curious, as an, <laughs> as an artist, like, what do you think art motivates or moves into people, especially when we're talking about faith and religion and deeper things, that words just are unable to communicate? Okay, but can I come back to that? Yeah. Like, the, the, I want to I wanna ask you about that. Okay. Um, so, what I think a helpful, to, uh, like, what visual art, and I guess any kind of art form can do, what, uh, like, let's preface it this way. And I think I say this in the introduction, which is uh, a great question to ask of art is, what does this mean? That's fine. But a better question is, what is this pulling out of me? What is this excavating out of, out of me? Because what art has the capacity to do is get in touch with your deepest inner conversation, which essentially is what prayer is. This is actually in the introduction to prayer, 40 days of practice, which is like where Justin and I were like, we're not giving you a book of prayers. We're just giving you a book of excavation tools. Prayer is the ever-present interior conversation you're having with God about the life you find yourself in. That's what prayer is. Mm. And these words and images are helping excavate that out so you can see actually what you're saying or what you're thinking. And that's what I would say like visual art does. I might have an intention of what it means, but like when you view it, uh, because you have no context for what it is outside of my book and stuff like that, you're going to bring your own life experience to help decipher what it means. So then all of a sudden it's engaging your own personal story. And then you're a part of this image. Whereas the words, you may feel less of an excavation tool because you might be like, this is Scott's voice, not my own. You know, like there, like, like sometimes, unless it's like poetry, sometimes you can put yourself into it. But often when you're reading a book, you're reading it as like, I'm listening to somebody else's voice. I'm not hearing my own voice, but images allow you to hear your own voice in it. So I think that's where the strength in that is. And I, maybe that's when you say like, I went through the images, great. I just went through the words, eh, <laughs> lacking. Because yeah. I think what you lost, I would say is maybe what you lost was your own voice in it. Mm. You just heard my voice. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what the images help with is like bring you into the story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hear me dis discrediting what? your voice at all. Oh, that's no, not no, what no, I'm no, trying no, to say. No, 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 yeah. no, that's fine. Like, I think I'm a, uh, you know, I'm on my way to be a great writer, but like, you know, this is my first solo act and it's, it's good, but like, it's no Hemingway or anything. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> what was, it's um, no James Joyce. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're almost on the New York times bestseller though. So, um, <laughs> what, um, what was your question? You said you wanted to come back to it when I said that. Oh, I, I yeah. guess like, yeah. What was that experience for you? Why do you think, why do you think the, without the images was less enjoyable? This life will fade away, it'll all be clear Until then I'll hold you close Over the last few years, I dove into the Enneagram, and so I'm a five. And so when I read words, I can't stop recalling other things that I've read. And I'm always terrified that I have no original thoughts, which is why like, I do a few things. Like, I don't listen to any other religious podcasts um, yeah. at all because I'm terrified that I'm going to... Uh, I don't... Yeah, I, I don't... I, I don't know how to say that well without sounding humble or arrogant or both or at the same time. I, you know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I went to school for art and I just hated doing it as a career. And um, so art speaks to me too, and I play music and like sometimes I just play with nothing. And so art speaks to me in a way that words don't, but words hold my attention in a way that like I devour words, almost yeah. like an addiction. And so for yeah. me, when I view art, any art, uh, it, it like I intentionally have to slow way down, but like like the most powerful image in the entire text, and I don't remember which chapter it is. Um, without cheating, it's it's maybe like fifteen or something. It's it's the woman where obviously she's bleeding, 
but the blood is gold and she's holding a child like she just birthed a baby <gasps> like my, like by gravity. That's my favorite too. Um, that's my favorite too. But for a lot of reasons that I'm just not going to put out on on a podcast, um, we can talk about it afterwards. I just, it, it deals with my son and my wife. And then, but the way that you use the color gold in all of your art is usually signifying like almost like iconography uh, in the way that like the Eastern Orthodox Church would do. And yeah. so like it just... Like I, I sat, so I read them. I, I, for those, I would drive to work and then I would look at the image, pray for a few minutes and then go into work. And there were some days I would walk in like just a wreck. Like I am not prepared to do anything. Um, yeah. Other days I would walk in. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the one with, uh, I think it's, is it a goat or a sheep? And it's ripped apart and there's a skull in the center and then there's like lungs or a heart just from from yeah. memory heart. but heart. the the vapid stare on the animal uh -huh. like the animal that's i think that's the only one where the animal's like literally staring dead on like like the eyes follow you unless uh -huh. i'm like the lion's looking forward and the other one's doing something you know so yeah, yeah they always pulled something out different but none of them again christmassy but all of them I, I, let's let's argue they were they were maybe birthing something yeah inside uh -huh. So yeah, and then the words I like, like I love your sarcasm. I love the, I could drop a Meister Eckhart quote, which you would then think that you're not going to. And then, <laughs> and and then, then you do. <laughs> so, um, um, you said that's your favorite image as well. Why? Yeah, I think it's because, so P Parker Palmer, mm -hmm. uh, do you know him? Mm -hmm. uh, author and Quaker thinker and great, great man. Uh, and he, in his book, Undivided Life, which is actually the audiobook is just a conversation with the person who runs the audiobook company that did it. And she just like asks some questions and he just talks. It's a, it's really amazing. But he, he goes at the, at the center of my faith is a paradox, which is Jesus is God and man. And a paradox means two opposing truths that exist in the same space. And he's like, there's no way to answer those opposing truths, the only thing you can do is enter into the mystery of it and let that transform you. And uh, when he said that, I knew I could find a home in Christianity still. Mm. And I think what is interesting to me about a birth, let's start, let's actually start with like a sunset first. Like what is a sunset? Like you can go to a sunset, watch a sunset and go, this is just a star that we orbit going below the horizon line of my planet and the light is refracting off the atmosphere, causing this color spectrum that's engaging and wonderful to look at. You could like decipher what's happening, mm -hmm. but you can be also overwhelmed by the beauty of that color spectrum and go, what is happening? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's two things at the same time. It's like explainable and not explainable. And a, a birth is the same thing. Like you, we've had enough biology and you've witnessed births uh, too, where I was like, I could write out uh, medically or, you know, I, I don't know all the Latin words, words that doctors do, but I could write out like what's going, like my wife was a doula for a while, so I could probably get a few extra like vocab words, don't, but I could write don't out say what's- them. I'll have to transcribe them. Don't say like, them. Don't like say mucus them. plug. No, but oh, like, no, that's fine. I thought you meant Latin. <laughs> <laughs> but I could like describe what's happening but also there's this moment in a birth where you're like, it's almost like an inaudible, like lightning bolt or something. Like in that chapter, I write about my daughter coming out of my wife. And I was like holding my, my, the doctor was on one leg. I was on like the other and holding my wife's hand at the same time. And then like Elsa named before frozen came out and she just like popped out. And I looked at Holly and we both just like <laughs> burst into tears. Mm -hmm. Like, like, uh, like we like we weren't in control of ourselves it just was just this reaction and it was like i understood what was happening but i also didn't at the same time like i understood that like this thing that had been growing my wife was emerging but also there was like this inaudible symbol clang and trumpet announcement and like proclamation of hidden angels saying a new life entered the world and i got to witness it and it wrecked me mm. and it, every birth has wrecked me like what's happening there? I know what's happening and I don't know what's happening at the same time. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, like a little moment of paradox that I've witnessed three times. Uh, 
I don't know if you can watch somebody else's birth and have the same. I mean, it's nope. really poignant when it's your own children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that moment, like you're saying, the original image is in red. I don't want to like ruin it for you, but the publisher only said you can only have two colors, black or and gold. Yeah, but so, you use those colors everywhere. I use those colors sometimes everywhere. You but original, sometimes you throw yeah, in a blue. Sometimes you throw in a blue. Yeah, sometimes throw in a blue. The next book will have blue instead of gold. But like uh, I had, so I couldn't use red but i was like oh gold is a fine substitute because yeah that blood is part of the sacredness of it mm -hmm. it is this like <laughs> it is this like this just came out of me but how wonderful you know and i i love the vulnerability of that moment yeah uh, that the image portrays the nakedness the fragility the there's also like strength like damn it women's bodies holy cow like, yeah what are, what are they can what can they do Woo! Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, do you think many Christians are prepared for a Christmas Advent filled with a realistic expectation of the gore and brutality <laughs> of birth and incarnation? Like, and I use those words intentionally because like birthing, incarnating, like yeah. giving life, like it's so you talked about you have you know, being there when your kids. So I was there when all three of my children were born. Like I don't, I don't think Christians. I think for the most part think about the Jesus only on the cross, and they don't, or the Jesus, you know, uh, flipping tables uh, or you know, proof texting Jesus in a way. But I don't think that we actually give much thought or consideration to the 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 vulnerability, like you said, and the brutality that really is birth, like any. Yeah any birth, like birthing of, of really anything, not just humans, but birthing anything, either metaphorically or do you think that the church or Christians for the most part are even prepared to deal with that thought or that concept? I mean, maybe. I think there's, there's probably multiple opinions, but I think there are people really comfortable with the sanitization of Christianity. And then in order to belong, you must keep with that way of talking about the whole thing. Mm. Like I just posted on Instagram today or yesterday, uh, this, this guy I follow, Sean King, uh, who's controversial in some aspects, but he just, he he really did it. He did a, like this pretty honest post where he's just like, I used to be a pastor and I don't, get, I don't understand prayer. I have been praying for, families call me and I'm praying for their people who are sick with COVID. And he's like, and everybody's died. <laughs> And I just posted and I was like, this is really honest. And then I had a person who's like, I don't like that you posted this. Mm. And I, we had a little discussion. And I was just like, look, if you, if your faith can't take critique, it's not any real kind of faith. Cause it's, 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 it's only last because of a status quo of yeah. like, we have to keep saying this in order to keep this thing going. I think there's an aspect to the religion of Christianity that has figured out how to talk about incarnation in a really safe way and wants to fight for that. But I think there is a, I would like to think there's a larger segment of really earnest people who want honesty in their lives and who have witnessed the complexities and hardship of life. And that's what happened. Like that was one of the first images I released on Instagram. And I had an overwhelming response years ago from this, mostly from women who had, who said to me, I don't, I haven't really ever seen anything that depicted the realness of what I felt like it being a mom or going through birth. And thank you for, I feel very honored that you depicted something that feels really true to that experience. Mm. And that as a, as a man who doesn't have a uterus, you know, like, yeah. I'm like, Hey, I'm not trying to take anybody's, I'm not trying to take any woman's uh, experience. Like I, I, I don't know what that's like. I've, but I've bared witness as a partner and I've seen what this looks like. And uh, I'm trying to give, I'm trying to be as honest as I can with what I've witnessed. And so that felt very like successful to me. Cause I was like, Oh good. Cause I, all I wanted to do was give honor to what I was seeing happening mm. that, that you were in this mix of like pain and blood and fluids and yet wonder and joy and bravery and courage. And I mean, just like, the strength that's in moms is amazing, you know? So yeah. that, yeah, that was it. I think, I, so I, I'd like to think people are, there might be some, you know what? I had one, <laughs> it, he didn't contact me, but I had one pastor contact 
uh, this company that's doing bulk orders. And he's like, I think I need to return these books because I don't think my church is ready for this. Uh, and for, for this. Yeah. And I, this woman, she's like, I just want to let you know that this was sent in. And I was like, you know what? I think that guy's just scared. And I don't, I think, I think he isn't giving enough credit to the adults in his community who could be like, Oh yeah, this is fine. Like, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of leaders who, let me say this. There are some leaders that should, that should not be leaders or should like think through what being a leader means. Yeah. Like they're at a spot where they're just trying to survive. And so they're like, don't rock anybody's boat. Just keep this going so we can pay mortgages and salaries and stuff. But they don't, they don't really know where they're leading people. They're just trying to maintain. Yeah. And I think the leaders you saw, I think the churches and communities that are using this are like, oh, we see this as the way forward this year. We see that this, I mean, I think I'll say it. I mean, I think this is, <laughs> if there's an ever a year for this Advent book, it's this year. Mm. <laughs> this is the book for this year. Yeah. I think I hopefully next year and I hope it's pretty evergreen for years to come, but for sure this year, this is the, like, that's the thing. Christmas has already come and we're just like, <laughs> what? Like, again, we're like, okay, cool. Do you know what we went through this last year? Mm. You're going to talk, you're going to talk to me about a Santa stories and elves and like, you know, just like, show me a Jesus who's newly born, but looks three months old and has had a bath. And you know, like, this is not, this is, this is what's this story. That's the TV Jesus. That's like the, the incarnation story is like a bunch of other babies died. Like there was astro astronomical things. People traveled long miles, like rejects got invited into becoming preachers, like crazy. Like a woman was asked to deliver a baby and she was misunderstood by her community and her entire life. There were so many scandalous things that happened in the story. Yeah. I have a few more questions. One of them is really just tongue in cheek because um, maybe it's the liquor, who knows, but I just want, <laughs> I just want your opinion on the song, Mary, did you know? Because for some reason, um, and the reason, the reason that I'm asking is, so I'm, I'm, I have my finger on the chapter on assumptions, which is the, uh -huh. the, the icon from the, the, the cover of the book, but the cover of the book, it just what, you know, um, what, what are some thoughts on this song? Because I, I, I hate it because Mary does know because at least at least that's if you read the Bible that in any way shape or form where where are you at with this song because this this will probably be the most controversial part of the episode I admittingly I only know like the first half of the verse like Mary did you know that your baby boy and then from then on, I don't know any other lyrics <laughs> uh fun fact though when I was the when I was like 21 and I to 20 and I was like a youth leader at a small little church during the Christmas show my uncle and I were asked to sing that song. And it's one of my most embarrassing moments in my life. <laughs> I hated it the whole time, but I had to do it because it was my job. Uh. But yeah, uh, can, well, maybe, so maybe I don't have a lot of content on that, but like there is, we didn't talk about how much we can like swear or something on the spot. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. Well, let me just fine. say bat shit. I don't feel like that's like too bad, but like, uh, there is batshit crazy Christian material about Christmas. There is a kid's book about an angel who God sends to earth. Oh no, it's the angel. This is an actual Christian children's book. The angel is becomes like God asks this angel to help with Jesus coming to earth. And so this angel becomes the star in the sky that leads the Magi to Jesus and stuff. But then the star falls to the ground and becomes a stone. And this angel is stuck as a stone for decades until they, that stone is used to cover the tomb where Jesus was laid. And so when Jesus resurrects, he's like, oh, hey, Tom, the angel, it's you. And the angel gets to be a part of the resurrection and see the whole thing full circle. That's a real kid's book. That's, and it's disturbing. That's, that's, it sounds like a bad, I'm going to nerd out here. That sounds like a bad Doctor Who episode. That's what that <laughs> sounds like. like. It really does. But people like, yeah, I don't understand. There's all this kind of like, oh, that's great. Like who, who okayed that? There's so <laughs> much in like the Christian film, music, uh, literature, industry that people have okayed and if you i just want some cynical christians and maybe just some atheists to be in a room and be like really really that's what you're going to release in the world 
do you want to yeah. give us fodder for like comedy? Like Pat, the comedian Patton Oswalt has this whole thing about this song, Christmas Shoes. Mm, I hate that song. Christmas. Another song yeah, I hate. And he has a whole comedy bit about it. And somebody animated it. It's on YouTube. Is it it's good? amazing. Oh, oh, it's so funny. I'll watch that as You're soon like, as we're done. Yeah, who, who at the label was like, send it. We love it. It's all of our theology wrapped up into a song. It's, like, uh, it's just crazy. So, yes. I'm sure you've done 97 podcasts since this book came out. When did this yeah. book come out, actually? November? Uh, October 20th. Son of a gun. See, I, I am. I know, really early. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you know even the publisher's not sure if it's an Advent book because if they, they would they would have put it closer to Christmas. Um, it was so, really hard to promote because I was like, Here, th- this actually did happen. I was like, I'm calling it as like, people who love my stuff will buy it. But then everybody's obsessed with the election. And after the election, people will be like, oh, it's Advent. We got to get something. And that's what happened. It's, totally, <laughs> it's exactly what happened. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I don't even know where I was segueing with that, but that's fine. So um, I want, oh yeah, here it is. So I'm sure you've answered this question because this was one of the few chapters where I'm like, yeah, these words could be an entirely different book. And so mm-hmm. the image is the end, but it, it relevated, it relevated, it, it was relevant to me because that is the story of Christmas and the holidays and lack of community that I mm. think that we're all living in, like literally right now. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that you've answered this question before, but I don't care. As people are reading that or looking at the iconography, like, can you rip into that a bit of not having a place and specifically the church maybe turning away people like, no, you're not allowed. Like you're already yeah. excommunicated from yeah. work. Yeah. You're working from home. Don't send your kids to school and get the hell out of my church because there's not room for you here. Like, yeah, can you yeah. go into that just a bit? Seth, you're you're the only person who's asked me about this chapter. Really? Oh, I think Inglorious Pastors did. did. Really? Did you know them? Yeah, they did. The only you're the only two. Oh, I kind uh, of assumed chapter. maybe people are maybe it's too controversial. Who cares? Yeah. Maybe it's farther in the book than people have got. <laughs> a lot of people are like, I read the first six, you know, that's probably it. That's in, that's uh, that's disingenuous. Why would you yeah. why would you talk to someone about what they wrote if you didn't read what they what they it wrote? It happens. Huh. I know. Th- I mean, thank you for not partaking in the hypocrisy. <laughs> so the chapter's called Room and it's about that verse that says there's no room for them in the inn. And, you know, it, sometimes I I just need to preface things. It's a little boring, but I try to make it quick, but to go like here's how this verse is misunderstood. Usually it's because our whole idea of the whole story has been influenced by pageantry, making 28 minute pageant shows with kids who are bad actors. Um, <laughs> but what we know is that there actually was no inn. There's no innkeeper it's n- and innkeepers never mentioned, but the word for inn actually means like a room in a relative's house that was used for guests. And also if you owned animals, you probably, for them to not get stolen at night, you maybe kept them in there. So it was like a, not the nicest room, but that's where they, yeah, that's where they got put. And so it was just like, actually Mary and Joseph were probably in Bethlehem for a long time. They weren't just like, the idea is like, they're running to Bethlehem. Mary's about to pop. They got to find a place to have this baby. And the innkeeper's like, I don't got any rooms. You can use my barn. <laughs> like, that's how we think of it. But actually, like, Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. They're probably there for a long time. And then the time came where she's had the baby and had the baby. But it is interesting that the author is like, but there was no room for them to end. It lets us know there's some kind of tension. Mm. And, uh, but, and we'll never know what that is. We don't know. And again, going to this, like, how is this happening now? Which is, we all exist in families. And every family has some kind of built in, like, this is what it means to exist in this family. And if you don't act this way or do it this way, you get pushed. There might be no room for you anymore. You might not get invited to the family reunion again. And I really wrote this for my LGBTQ friends. Mm. And, and also like, like I wrote it for them in mind because I know a lot of them, one of them just told me he's like, I'm no longer invited to any family events ever, which is unbelievable Awful, as a parent. But even like, 
even my friends who've deconstructed or kind of evolved or become more expansive and then have gone back to their homes where nobody else did that work, <laughs> then they've been kind of, you know, relationally excommunicated from that. And I wanted to offer uh, just to say like, hey, Jesus came into the world where there was no room for him, but God made a space and God will make a space for your incarnation too. This is built upon the work that Justin and I did with prayer, which is, this is one of the major shifts that's happened to me is this idea that prayer is not getting God's attention. Prayer is becoming aware of God's work already in your life. And then I would say like spirituality is not getting God's attention, but spirituality is awakening to God's work already and God's voice and God's presence already in your life, which is a very different model than I was given growing yeah. up because yeah. from missions and evangelism was like, none of these people know God. We've got to go tell them who God is. But I've come to find that that isn't true, that actually every single human I've met, they might not have a deep conversation. Like here's, here's the thing, here's how I would say it. I discovered that I have a telephone, like a doorway to talk to God. A te let's say a telephone. I have a telephone. I can talk to God at any moment. Nobody gave me that telephone. It just has always been there. So if I have a telephone, then you have a telephone. I don't need to come and give you a telephone. I could maybe come and be like, hey, do you ever answer the call? Or what are your conversations? <laughs> like I can ask about your telephone, but I can't give you a telephone. That's something already given to you. And I would say in this chapter, this meditation was going, God has already been involved in your incarnation, no matter how complicated that is, no matter how rejected that is, God is already involved in your coming into the world. And God will make a way for that. It might not be in your family, which is really sad, but strangers along the way might celebrate you. You might be given gifts by international travelers. <laughs> you know, like I just kind of take that story and go, those things will happen. You'll find your community. Yeah. But one thing that we can relate to, and I, I talk about like how Joseph has no lines. So I'm like, one thing that Jesus and Mary and no lines Joseph <laughs> <laughs> can can give us empathy is that it's really complicated being in a family mm. and they understand that and they can give us empathy to that we might find ourselves in a in a complicated family situation too and that's where that is yeah because incarnation is is interesting because in, and man when i say incarnation i mean like being seen you know be, from the invisible to the visible and like certain incarnations are confronting to the way things are, you know, like I have friends here in Austin who has a son who has down syndrome and uh, their lives are, in, are incredibly difficult because of it. But in a way they would never choose otherwise, mm. even though that's a really complicated thing to say. And I remember like when we were having our last child, the, the doctor came in and she was like, oh, well, if we do this test and we find out your kid has Down syndrome, then we'll give you the options for termination. Mm -hmm. And we were just like, what the fuck? You yeah. know, like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Do you want us to bring our friends who have Down syndrome children to tell you how stupid you are mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. Like, yes. What? Yes. Vacations and life and school and long-term plans are may way more complicated but maybe joy and meaning are coming through complication. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's that, it's that kind of thing where it's like, so you turned out not being the gender we thought you were. So you turned out not being the accomplishing son or daughter that we thought you'd be, you know, there's all these, these like expectations hmm. in a family dynamic. Yeah. So that was in my own small way. It was like discussing that larger dynamic. Yeah. So when I is that what came through? Is that what you would picked up on? Or yes, yes. And so I've shared bits and pieces of that chapter with some friends. Um, some of which are LGBTQ, and they have yeah. no place, and or they've been told, you know, you can't, you can't be that here. Like if you're going to be here, yeah, that's not coming with you. Like you, yeah. you need to leave that wherever it is that you leave. You can't, you yeah. can't. And, and the same thing at the church. Like you're going to have to hide this wonderful humanity that you have 
Yeah. Because that's not allowed here. We're not yeah. going to do that here. Um, but you could make the same case for people's politics, uh, people's yeah. view on God, people's... Yep. You, th- there are a lot of things that get you booted to the hole dug out of rock to keep you out of the rain, basically. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. So just small aside. So when I married my wife, her aunt had Down syndrome and she passed recently, though she lived mm. a good a good long while for Downs. She was over 50. I can't remember exactly the age at the yeah. moment. And I can remember I didn't have any context for Down syndrome before I'd met mm. her. She was the most, she was amazing. She was amazing. And I can remember getting the same question with all three of our kids. And it was one of those things where like my wife and I both unequivocal or however you say that word, when the doctor asked that question, we're like, we don't even want the test. Like, this is yeah. the dumbest question that anyone has ever asked me. Like, why would, a similar similar thing of, what what does it matter? Like, that, n- no, I don't, yeah. I, nor, I don't want the test, nor does the test yield any impact on any, anything, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, yeah. Life's hard anyway. I mean, all of my kids are able-bodied and overall well, and they all come with their own challenges. So <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't like, I mean, it, it, uh, so, I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, you see the hair loss. It wasn't like that before kids. Um, <laughs> so uh, last question. When you try to wrap words around what God is, what do you say? I mean, I really like the, well, I really like the Paul Tillich quote, which is God is not a being like you and I are beings. He's the ground of being, the depth of being. That's that's a way to give some understanding to a mystery that I can that is uh, as Rohr would say, uh not unknowable but endlessly know, endlessly knowable. Um so I don't know how to describe what God is. If I had a if I had a quote that came from me, this is what I would say. And it's in the book which is like, I don't understand how sovereignty works. I just know that God's really, 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 really detailed. And anytime I'm awakened to that intentionality, I'm filled with wonder. So how would I describe God is, is really intentional. Mm. And that, uh, that is, that's what I'm always looking for. Thank you for that. So, yeah. S- Scott, this is the part where we get we plug the things, and you're professional at this now. You have to, you have to be by now. So, um, send people to the places wherever. And for lazy people that are just gonna, that a lot of, I think a lot of people just hit stop right now. So they'll be in the show notes. So whatever. Where do you want people to go? Yeah, I'm uh, on social media, but mostly Instagram, and that's at Scott the Painter, all one word three T's in a row. Uh, and my website is scotterickssonart.com. Honest Advent, everything you need to know is at honestadvent.com. And uh, you can find all the information there. Fantastic. Scott, thank you for your time tonight. Yeah. No matter what you've said or done Or how you see your skin and blood If you deny your beauty too Just know I see there's more in you And in the midst of war and trial You keep your mind The year's almost gone, and thank God, right? Thank the Lord. However, I wanted to welcome Chris to the patron community. You, sir, are a blessing, as are all of the people there with you. Last couple weeks before the end of the year here, if there is anything that you want from the store make sure you type in promo code fu2020 because that is going away when 2021 is here a very special thanks as well to peter larson for his music in today's episode but you'll find links to him in the show notes as well as on the playlist for the show i really hope that you're well that you are blessed we'll talk soon Voices get too loud Don't
let their words tear you down And if there's nothing left in you Just know I see there's a fight in you Just know I see there's a fight in you To the ones who forgot